They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Welcome along to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. We're recording this on a day when the weather was kind to Somerset. Uh, when I pulled my curtains open this morning and saw the bleak grey uh, clouds and the rain thumping down, I thought this would be Warwickshire all over again, but the ground staff at the Cooper Associates County Ground did a fantastic job. The ground was ready at 1.45 and it took just 26 balls for Jack Brooks and Craig Overton to polish off the Gloucestershire innings to win by the small matter of just 314 runs. My guest this evening is Dan Kingdom. Uh, Kingdom, sorry, Dan is a regular contributor to uh, the um, Somerset fan website, theinn-sider.co.uk, and you can follow him on Twitter at dankingdom96. Dan, what did you make of that incredible game of cricket? Well, I think after three extremely dominant performances by Somerset, this is probably the most dominant of them all. Um, you know, just the scorecard says it all, really, doesn't it? 237 and 223 for one declared versus 76 all out and 70 all out. I mean, you know, I've rarely known, if ever known, Somerset be more dominant in a four-day match before. Yeah, you know, it's just unbelievable, really. Yeah, um, I, I think, well, you, you say you could <laughs> find it difficult to uh, to remember it. I mean, we've... You might have to go back a couple of weeks because it's just been incredible this season. You can okay, we we drew that game at Warwickshire, which was uh, um, through no fault of our own. I don't think we could have timed that declaration really any any earlier, or maybe ten mm. ten or so balls earlier. Actually, I was able to ask Jason Kerr about that on one of the uh, the backstage pass things that you get with your uh, your hero of twenty twenty membership and his yeah his. I did hear actually. He did he did explain it was on mm. it was last. Friday or so, hmm. wasn't it? I don't know if you heard, well, maybe you didn't hear that one. He did say that they batted on beyond 400 because they just wanted to rub Warwickshire's noses in it even more, I think, and yeah. sort of surprised them yeah, just by going even further. Yeah, the openers would have had it in their minds that well, when they get to 400, we're off and we're batting, and then it just takes them out of that sort of comfort zone a little yeah. bit. But um, yes, always lovely to beat the old enemy who we haven't played in a, in a first-class game since, I think, 2007. I'm sure I'll be corrected if that's... Right, yeah. uh, if if that's wrong, um, what were your standout performances there? Um, I did put our Twitter poll up for for man of the match. There were five worthy candidates. You could include Josh Davy in there, but um, yeah, um, but I thought Josh Davy was a bit hard done by to uh, miss out on that poll. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, the others are all worthy as well. Yeah, um, I mean Bartlett on the first day of all the three centuries, Bartlett's was the most important, wasn't it? It was. Um, you know, the one that set up the game and you know he he scored the 100 from a difficult position Avon and Lamb were obviously good but they were their runs were sort of they were lower pressure runs weren't they um you know if they'd been both out for ducks we probably still would have won the game even if we if if Somerset were 100 all out in that second innings we probably would have won but no their, their contributions were you know still much needed and um and yeah obviously very impressive Lamb getting his maiden century um in only his fifth game so that's that was in a world of good, I think. Um, yeah, and obviously on the bowling side, you know, Craig, Craig obviously, he was a standout performer again. You know, his figures this season are phenomenal, aren't they? It was mm. nine, he's averaging nine and a half or something, isn't he? I I've think. got them up here. Sensational. I mean, obviously, you have to take into account the fact that we're playing against some average mm. to 
below average teams, but it's still, you know, he's he's bowling so well and he's bowling in such good areas that you know, he's blowing teams away effectively, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's that all kind of stems from a conversation he had with Ed Smith. Um, I think yeah. it was either at the end of uh, or during the Ashes. Um, what do I need to do to get into the England side? And I think it was basically put on a yard of pace and um, just yeah. be a, a bit more of a hostile bowler. Yeah, 23 wickets at 9.56 of Craig Overton. He's still, um, amazingly, is fourth in the bowling averages. <laughs> Behind Tom Lamanby on four, Roloff van der Merwe with eight on eight. And... Uh, Tom Abel on 9.33, but they're yeah. slightly skewed statistics, I think. Um, Josh Davey averaging 10.8 with 18 wickets. He's, he's come on leaps and bounds over the last couple of seasons, hasn't he, Josh? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he missed a fair bit of last year through injury, I think. But when he did play, he did well. He got a fiver against Yorkshire mm. um, at the, towards the end of the season. And now he's really sort of you know carried off that form onto this season. He's now, you know, he took the new ball against uh, Warwickshire ahead of Lewis Gregory. You know, Gregory's been our regular new ball bowler for a while, but mm-hmm. even when Gregory came back, David's been bowling so well that he kept it, and rightly so. You know, this game is probably his best performance so far, but as always with Josh, slightly overshadowed by by other players, that seems to be mm. the thing with him, but, you know, he, he won't mind at all, I'm sure. Yeah, I, d- I don't think it's uh, it's any harm at all if you've got a player bowling as well as Josh is, who is overshadowed. It means your team is doing something right and you're going to be very... Mm very difficult to beat um, absolutely yeah yeah I, I completely agree about George Bartlett's century um, I think Anthony Gibson said on the on the commentary that it looked like he was batting on a different pitch um, and just looking at the fall of wickets here so 4 for 57 of when Tom Lamanby went in that first things and 5 for 89 when um, when Davis went that that's when it can go either way but um, yeah partnerships yeah. with uh, with Craig Overton and uh, and uh, 61 for the last wicket with with Jack Brooks took us to to two three seven, and then like you say over over to the bowlers and well just blue blue Gloucester away for 76 as we've been doing yeah. um, as we've been doing um, all season really in in this Bob Willis Trophy. What has also made me feel very warm and fuzzy inside today Dan is the fact that the weather has been kind to us and slightly cruel to other sides not only in um, the central group um, where we are but also in the north and south group uh, where pretty much everybody was rained off for a draw Essex um, hardly um, hardly got any play in their game against Sussex so if we just check the tables yeah Essex stranded on Two four nine as well. I don't know if you noticed. You know, one oh, away yes. from a bonus point, well, so. Mr. B. Yeah, I wonder how they'll crucial, come, uh, crucial that will be at come the end of the season. They play Middlesex in their final game. Who could conceivably catch them? They're on uh, fifty nine points. So uh, Essex topping the, the South Group on seventy. Derbyshire topping the North Group on seventy one. And then of all the three groups, uh, we have the highest points tally on seventy six going into that group decider against Worcester on the 6th of September but uh, before that we have a couple of blast games which we'll uh, we'll get on to talking about um, uh, in the next few minutes or so after we'll talk about Tom Lamanby um, shunted up the order as a, as a kind of a makeshift opener um, I, I watched most of his innings or the, certainly the latter part of, of that innings and what really impressed me was um, just the way that he seemed to go from 80 to 100 in, in no time at all. The messages were coming on yeah. with the gloves about maybe when we're looking looking for declarations, but, you know, no pressure, no nerves, showing the, the range of shot that, that the young modern batsman has with, with the T20 background 
and then just boom, 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 blink of an eye, I'll have a hundred. Thank you very much. Yeah, I know. I mean, I only saw, I, I didn't see all of that. Anyways. I did see him get that, that period, 80 to a hundred. Yeah. Obviously I think he knew that it was only a couple of hours until Tom, Tom Abel was looking to declare and, you know, yeah, he showed all his shots. So was it a scoop to bring up the century? Some, something like that, wasn't it? It was. There was a couple of very, you know, pretty unorthodox shots. Yeah, there were there were some real. Um, yeah, there, there were some real um, one day shots, twenty twenty shots. Um, um, yeah, I think he played a, a couple of big, a uh, couple of big sixes up through sort of cow corner, a few ramps yeah. and sort of scoops in there in there as well. But um, I guess if they sort of had the field spread, it's kind of the thing with the live stream. You don't quite get sometimes where the gaps are. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, just incredible. I suppose it helped him as well that um, having that pressure on your for, from your team to get to the declaration, um, no time for the nervous 90s. You just got to get on with it. And I think that might yeah, have helped him I as well. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I mean, he'll, he'll have been, yeah, I mean, when you're trying to get your first, first class century, it would be natural to feel nervous in the 90s. But I expect he just it probably didn't even enter his mind if if he was just thinking about the declaration it's an ideal situation you can just forget about the nervous 90s and just just bat play your shots and I expect Tom Abel was probably calming at the other end as well and reassuring him that you know that he probably you know not that he'll definitely be allowed to get his century but that he's got time so mm. yeah and it went really well it's, it was perfect both, yeah, I think Abe, 101, didn't they? Yeah, Abe's did a very um, played a very um, almost a, a very generous um, uh, shot. I think it was the first ball of the last over before they declared. Um, he didn't go for the big shot, um, six quick runs. I think he just knocked it into the, into the leg side and they ran through a quick single to give uh, right. Lamanby yeah. five balls of that last over. So uh, well played Tom Abel as well. Um, should we talk about him? Second hundred of the campaign for him. Um, yep. How do you think he's gone? Yeah, I think he's been... Yeah, I mean, those two centuries um, were very good. Um, pretty, pretty chanceless. You know, he... Yeah, he's he's um you know he's, he's got a good technique and he's been you know as good as ever in those those innings um i think the only issue with him is that like m many of the other players it's the the first innings is our problem area with the batting and three times we've been blown away on the first morning which obviously it didn't matter in the end but you want you kind of want able to stand up in those situations a bit more but you know it, it's only three it's it's a short season it's a He's only had that, that situation has only happened about three times. It's it's a small sample size, isn't it? But yeah, that's that's where I think it, you know will want to he'll, he'll himself want to be standing up in those situations rather than being part of the collapse, which he has been um, sort of in the first innings against uh, was against North France, second innings mm. at North France, and um, for Morgan as well, first innings. You know, he'll 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 want to get be making runs in those, and he did a bit against Warwickshire. Although that was he got forty, mm. didn't he? Second innings against Warwickshire. Um, but, uh, so you know he'd have been happy with that, but yeah, it's those those collapses. I think he'll want to be mm. staying above them rather than getting out. Yeah, I think it's part of being captain as well. If you're coming in at first drop as captain, you, you're almost yeah. saying, "Come on, as is, I'm gonna I'm gonna steer us through this little patch of a uh, uh, little patch of the new ball. Um, I'm gonna do the job for my team. I'm gonna stand up and and, and lead you on on that field with the bat um, through these potentially tricky times because it. Although the the lower order have been getting us out of holes um, uh, for the last few games, I've I've got a horrible feeling it's not going to last. Uh, it's not going to last forever, and I do feel that yeah. we are maybe one bad day. Touchwood, it's not going to be at Worcester where we could potentially be 
be blown away for for under a hundred once, maybe twice in a game. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you do never know. Um, um, I think it, and obviously in the final as well. When when we're playing, if if we're in the final, it will be against a good side. You know, a side mm-hmm. like Essex or Yorkshire or Dar- well, Derbyshire who have been doing well this season. You know, one of them. You know, we may not be able to afford that first morning collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if the bowlers are as good as they always are, then it might not matter anyway. You know? Yeah, especially with the. Um, have they decided if it's going to be awarded on the if it's a draw the two is going to be awarded on the highest first innings score yet or not? I I keep seeing uh, conflicting yes, yes, reports. Yes, in the final, whoever gets the highest first innings score um, will get the trophy. Um, if if neither first innings, if say one of the first innings isn't completed, um, I I'm not sure what happens then. Say say the all the, the say there's rain and team one gets four hundred, the other team is three fifty for seven, and they can't play mm. anymore. I'm presuming it will go to the position in the or the number of points you got in the group i might be wrong i that. think it might be shared in that case i'm, I'm not sure oh actually yeah maybe it's, you're it's right. not going to rain right, in actually. england in october dan <laughs> yeah it does seem a bit it's not going to be essex last year all over again we're going to have we're going to have an indian summer it's going to be beautiful bright sunshine three weeks before halloween well you never know you never know we've you know we've got a bit of a bad spell now so hopefully september early october will uh, improve a bit but yeah it's been it's been the strangest year in in living memory Hmm. I wouldn't bet against it being 35 degrees (laughs) in October the way things are going so I quite like this Bob Willis trophy I'd like to keep it for next year with a few tweaks Hmm. I think I I think play it home and away Hmm. have your the top team overall on points across the whole three groups will go through to the final uh, the two teams below that would maybe play off to reach the final, um, and I think I would. I think you'd have to redraw the groups based on a seeding basis every year, mm-hmm. so you weren't playing the same the same uh, five teams um, year in year yeah. out. How does that sound? Should I get on the phone to um, the ECB? I, I agree that region. Yeah. My first thing to me is that the county championship should never ever be regionalised. Um, this year, I don't mind. It. Obviously, this isn't the county championship. Mm. I would never regionalise the county championship itself, though, because um, yeah, it would be. You know, I know it's like that in limited overs competitions, but in the championship, you want to be playing different teams every year. It would be, you know, extremely boring to just be playing Gloucestershire, Warwickshire, etc. Every single year. Um, personally, I would keep Division One and Division Two um, if we can. I mean, I know there's there was that Telegraph article. I don't know if you saw it a couple of weeks ago where there is talk of you know moving towards a Bob Willis trophy style format because of you know finance finances of the counties that sort of thing for a few reasons but you know for the for cricketing purposes I would keep the two divisions because I think you have to have the, the best teams playing each other um and you wouldn't really get that even even if you seeded groups you know you would get a couple of the good teams would be there'd be a couple mm-hmm. of good teams per group you know the way I see it at the moment there's Somerset Essex Yorkshire Hampshire um, Surrey on their day. I mean, Surrey when they're full strength, you know, as opposed to now. Um, they're the good teams. And if you're splitting them up between three groups, you know, you're not... It's, it's the, the quality of cricket would drop. So I would I would definitely keep the two divisions. And ideally, I would go, you know, two divisions of nine. I've always said, said that that's better than um, eight and ten. Um, but if, if, yeah, if there does have to be some sort of compromise, um, I think... I would do similar to your idea, yeah, three groups of six. And then I would do maybe the top two from each could go through into like another separate league. 
So then that's the way you get the, the best teams playing each other. And then I'd say the winner of that um, would win the county championship. That's that's if if they couldn't do divisions, mm. if they weren't going to do divisions, that's what I would do. I think the the mistake you're going to make with that uh, little mini league after the, uh, the the full league is the ECB will not want to make any more time for first class cricket than they absolutely have to. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, currently there's what, well, in the county championship last year there was about, well, there's 14 games per team. So if you do three groups of six, play each other twice, that's 10 rounds of matches, then a further five. So, you know, it's about the same. So as long as hopefully they'd, they'd be happy to do that, mm -hmm. even if it ends up, I mean, I expect it will at some point be played at same, the same time as the 100, a few of the games. But, you know, that, you know, that's the way I do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think the trouble is, I think what they'll do now is, is they are constantly looking for ways to reduce the number of, of first class games that are played and I think with the feedback for this kind of hastily put together competition to kind of play in a sort of a what would we get it done and dusted in sort of six to eight weeks uh, if you include the the final as well in that I think they they generally like to obviously they want to reduce the amount of first class cricket so they can play the bloody hundred um, so yeah, I think that might be the the way to go. But I mean, it would be, I wouldn't ever think they would go to three up and down divisions of six. I think to be a division three county would be an absolute no no. For you know, you're talking about a third of your first class counties being in in the lowest division. I think they they would yeah, more I or less sink without trace. Um, yeah, small counties wouldn't wouldn't want that. I don't think you know you you know it's cliche. But teams like Leicestershire, Derbyshire, you know they I don't think you know they would be voting against that. Um, it's been talked about in the past, um, but yeah, it's it's an option. It, it's one of the, it's you know there's loads of possibilities. There is one of the possibilities, but probably one of the less likely ones mm. I'd have thought. Yeah, I mean the bonus as well is it uh, if we do go to a Bob Willis Trophy uh, format next year, then we would I would imagine and hope lose that uh, twelve point deduction. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that will oh, be. I can't uh, see that. Honest. No, they 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 probably double it because we're only playing ten games or, or something <laughs> like that. They uh, they do enjoy doing that. Um, excellent. Is there anything else we want to cover from the Gloucester game? Um, one thing I did I did notice and 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 really warm the cockles of my heart was was yesterday evening seeing the players. Um, it were still with their whites on, pushing the covers on, uh, dragging the tarpaulins yeah. over the square. Um, that for me is something that just sums up Somerset in in a nutshell you know if, yeah. if somebody said to me Shep show me a picture why Somerset is, su is such a great club and why you love it so much I would I've made it the the, the, uh, the head of picture on our Twitter page is uh, Jamie Overton Jamie Overton who's, who's leaving us at the end of the season obviously we, we wish yeah. him well but he's still pitching in pushing on the covers uh, with his, his fellow fast bowler Jack Brooks and that, that picture really just um, brought a little uh, little bit of warmth to my heart um, yeah, so absolutely. I mean, as well. yeah, the way I think, I mean, a lot of clubs all say they've got a great culture. They really, you know, the fact they really appreciate the fans. But, you know, when, when Tom Abel and Jason Kerr say it, you know, they I do feel like they mean it. You know, they, you know, the, this team is very together and they, yeah, they, they really do pay for the fans. You can see, you know, um, these matches have all been behind closed doors, but they have been, you know, brilliant. You know, they, it's not affected them at all. The mm -hmm. fact that it's behind closed doors, and you know, I mean, it, to some extent, it may even be because they know that there are a lot of people watching them on the stream. You know, um, that sort of thing. And if they, if they're aware of that, then the streaming numbers that Somerset get, which is very high, um, 
you know, that that sort of thing probably does give them some motivation as well. Even the away games, mm. you know, based on the YouTube comments um, for the North Fancy and the Warwickshire game, most of the people watching that were Somerset fans as well, you know. So we get a lot, we get a big following, very committed following, yeah. And we've also, we're also kind of in the unique position where it isn't quite behind closed doors because we've got the retirement flats. Um, That's true. I yeah. gather um, uh, from the radio commentary this morning, they were saying that they were. Um, people are organizing parties and i don't think the people who've lived in those flats have uh quite realized how many friends they've got until the last uh the last couple of somerset <laughs> home games yeah. um i really wish i knew someone who lived in one of them yeah yeah it's uh i don't think either of us are quite old enough to to buy one yet but um <laughs> my dad's talking well not seriously but my dad has said oh you know he's 55 now so he would uh he 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 would consider it one day. Perhaps. Tell him what is it? Ask him what he's waiting for, Dan. Ask him what he is waiting for. Yeah, I know, I know. Now is the time, isn't it? <laughs> well, 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 actually, maybe not because uh, I would imagine they'd have jumped up in price in the well. Would they have jumped up in price mm, to watch uh, two weeks of cricket? I don't know. Maybe for the right buyer, they would have done. <laughs> not sure. I mean, they're, they're probably in high demand. I mean, that that's probably the. I mean, as in general, I think they're high demand. They may even be all sold out at this point. I'm not sure. Mm. They they have. I think at one point they did. You know, they were all occupied. So. Yeah, it is certainly where I'm uh, aiming to retire, but uh, but not any time soon. So a victory by 314 runs, all is well in the Bob Willis Trophy, and now our attention turns to um, the Vitality Blast, which starts um, in the next few days against. I'm sure you're going to tell me before I can find the fixtures, which I've got on a tab on my, uh, my laptop here somewhere, and I seem to have lost them. Let me just find those for you one second. I think one of them was North Ants. Let's have a look at the. Let's have a. Please bear with us, dear listener. We're experiencing technical difficulties. Um, I would just like to mention that this week's uh, always look on the bright side of life is uh, cider is Hunt's Wobbler, six uh, percent Devon cider. Having sampled it before, it is definitely a wobbler. I might be slurring my words um, slightly after I've uh, finished this. Dan, it's only my first uh, my first pint, but. Um, it is well worth a drop, a solid seven and a half out of ten for this one. Okay, so we start. Um, so we start the blast up at Edgbaston against uh, the Birmingham Bears. Um, that's on Friday night at half past six. Presumably that'll be either uh, available on a stream or on the TV. And then Sunday away at North Ants. That's a two o'clock start. And then playing Glamorgan at half past six on Tuesday. Thursday the 3rd, it's away at Worcester. Uh, Friday the 4th, uh, we are home to Birmingham. And then we kick back to the Bob Willis Trophy with that uh, all-important game up at New Road to decide who wins the South group. Um, we're going to have Babar, it looks like, uh, when he's finished with the... Um, uh, the Pakistan team in their three uh, T20s against England over the next few days. Um, we've got Tom Banton and Lewis Gregory hopefully involved in them and not carrying drinks. Um, that leaves us with a few little selection uh, spaces. Uh, obviously, no Pete Trigo uh, from last year. He's gone from not playing any red ball cricket at Somerset at all to opening the bowling for knots. Uh, I believe yeah. he picked up five wickets uh, in their recently concluded BWT game. Um, what players would you sort of fringe young players would you be looking to bring in Dan yeah well um, if well for a start um, I think Steve Davis will probably I know he's young but I think Steve Davis will probably return to the T20 
side um, initially with those three players missing, Babov, um, Gregory and Banton. Um, I suspect he'll go back to opening again. Um, and then I think, you know, based with, partly based on Lamanby's century um, yesterday, uh, two days ago, I think Lamanby might well be the, the other opener um, initially. Because um, I think, personally, I would keep that, that middle order we had last year of Abel, Hildreth and Byram. Um, I think I'd keep them there, three, mm-hmm. four, five. Um, so that so that gives that's those that's the two opening slots, Davis and Lamanby. Um and then lower down you're looking at players like um well George Bartley, who's never I don't know, he's not played a T twenty before. Um he could probably come in. Mm-hmm. And Ben Green maybe as well. Um I think he's he's another one who uh he's I think he's played one T twenty before. Um but yeah, I think he's he's done well mm-hmm. in the second eleven, I think. Um, in that format, yeah, he got so, fifty um, as well in the in the Glenwalken game, didn't he? When he um, yeah, came on to sub yeah. for Bartlett, come in, I think. Hmm. Um, and also, I saw there was Ollie Sale as well was talking on the website about um, the possibility of him playing the blast. He's particularly targeting that, I think, and that would be good to see because mm-hmm. Sales. It's just that I don't know if you remember there was that one game against Hampshire a few years ago when uh, Sale played his one and only T Twenty match, mm-hmm. but one and only match for Somerset. Um, be good to see him play again um but there is a you know there's a bit of competition for those pace pace bowler slots because with obviously the overtons i expect mm-hmm. would play then you've got um jack brooks josh davy um and even uh, casey aldridge as well uh, um could come into the reckoning mm-hmm. um and obviously i assume max waller will be playing as well um actually i haven't seen a reason why not um he was you know he's been obviously he's been improving every year hasn't he for the last few years mm-hmm. in t20 so i expect he'll be in as well mm. I think as well I might maybe it's a bit too early but I might drop Lewis Goldsworthy in for a for a game or two he had a very good oh, yeah, um, under 19 good World point, Cup yeah. for England um, well, it seems like about 40 years ago now before all this uh, this madness started but uh, yeah I think did he get one maybe a couple of five wicket hauls in that in that World Cup so yeah I, w- I won't see the um, harm in dropping yeah, in yeah it was very economical that's what I remember mm. very very economical so but yeah the problem is we've got five we're going to have five spinners um, available in that tournament. When you take into account Leach and Bess as well, um, you know that I've always thought of Leach. Not sure he's going to be happy not playing T Twenty cricket forever mm. um, at Somerset. And also taking into account the fact that Leach hasn't played at all yeah. this summer. I was just and his likely say. games will probably only be the Worcester game mm. and the final if we get there. Yeah, I was going to say he'll be wanting to play as well. Yeah, but Leach isn't a a recognised T Twenty bowler, but would you? No. Give him one, two, maybe even three of those games because let's forget it's only four overs, and um, you know if he hasn't if he hasn't played a game, he may need he may need to bowl thirty overs in an innings against Worcester. Would you get yeah. him in as you know? Would you prioritise the, the Bob Willis Trophy game, um, the Worcester game, and just say Jack Leach, you're playing all four of them. Doesn't matter if you go for seventy mm. in your four overs, you're you're bowling and you're getting some overs in your legs. Yeah, I. I can't see them doing that, to be honest. I think Somerset, so Somerset's attitude is pretty much is always play your best 11 in every game. Uh, um, I think Leach were considered on merit, but I doubt he'll be picked just to get overs in. Maybe for one game or two. It might depend on how we start. You know, um, we I think it's there's five games, isn't there, I think, before that. Um, yeah, five games, uh, yeah. Match. So, say we lose our first four, I mean, Leach might get a game in that fifth one, but... Um, yeah, I can't see it. I mean, I think Best as well is, you know, he he is probably seen by Somerset as more of a one-day bowler than Leach. Mm. I mean, based on the fact that Best played those two, he played two 50-over games 
mm-hmm. last year. Um, so he'd probably be ahead of Leach in the pecking order as well. So, yeah, it's a tough one. It is a tough one, yeah. Um, it's it's very tricky because obviously there's there's no second eleven game that that Leach could play to get some mm, yeah. some overs in his arms and legs um, before that uh, uh, before that Worcester game on uh, on the sixth of September. Um, I think I'd also be inclined to maybe just rotate the the pace bowlers a little bit. I wouldn't want um, them all playing every game. Um, That's um, true. Yeah. Certainly not. Um, you know, I think of those of those five games, I'd like maybe. Uh, them all to play no more than three each. Um, you know, I think it's. Um, I think the Somerset faithful want a fir- the first class trophy, be it the county championship mm. or the Bob Willis Trophy. I think. Yeah. Um, winning a trophy in uh, in in first class cricket is is a is a box that we desperately need to tick. Um, yeah, although it wouldn't be the same. Obviously, I think we still there was still that itch. There'd be a massive asterisk the there, wouldn't there? Yeah. The yeah. year we won it was the year everything went mental, but <laughs> it would still be there. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that's the way. I, if it was up to me, I'd maybe approach it as a bit of a, a bit of a development. Um, uh, a tournament, you know, get some of the youngsters in because let's not forget they're they're at the stage in their career where they you are you are learning all the time and and by missing a season and okay I think a few of them may have played a bit of club cricket but it's it's not the same as as playing at the top level and mm. and you know yeah, now now's the time yeah now's the time you need to be there you need to be uh, you know bowling against the best players and and uh, you know yeah. learning from the best players as well on the field so it'll be interesting to see which direction um Andy Harry and uh, and Jason Kerr uh and yeah. uh, and the powers that be take with that one we love 2020 um can't wait for that to start um do we love the 100 Dan <laughs> um no in, in short um <laughs> I I understand the reasons for it to some extent um there are a lot of counties who are struggling financially um but i i just wonder if this is definitely the best solution they could come up with a solution which heads towards an elite eight counties um and in terms of i they keep talking about a new audience that the the grounds are going to be packed but i just can't see you know a lot of a lot of t20 members are obviously or a lot of t20 fans are you know, casual fans who will only go and see T20s. But there is a big chunk who are just ordinary county members who go and see those games as well. And the vast majority of them from around the country, um, won't, I think will be not will not have be, will not be interested in the hundred. You know, perhaps ten percent, maybe. I don't know. That's a complete guess, but maybe ten percent mm. of the county members would would uh, go to the hundred. I'm I'm in complete um, agreement. So that's with a lot you. of fans to make up. Yeah, I'm I'm in. Um, I'm in complete agreement with you. I, I kind of look at it this way, that the British public as a whole has a cricket budget, if you like, that they will spend on going to watch cricket. And if they spend it on going to the 100, they will not spend it on going to watch their county or they will not spend it on going to to watch it. That's my kind of take of it. I also think we're looking at the problem a little bit backwards because we've seen, or they, they, they the ECB, have seen the success of franchise cricket um, you know the likes of the Big Bash, the IPL, CPL. The list goes on. But that was they were starting from franchise cricket. There was no other T Twenty league nice. in those countries. We've yeah. had the T Twenty in its various, you know, um, guises and competition names, the Blast and whatever you want to call it, going back to 
to 2003 and it's it's grown up yeah. it's it's now established it's for better or worse the premier county cricket competition that there is it's what brings in the money it's what gets the viewers on tv and that's why why people love it so that's that's grown organically through for the last 17 18 years and it's now a recognized brand and then i don't see why they're upsetting the apple cart by bringing in these these franchises you know whatever they're called the you know the cardiff hula hoops and southern brave and whatever you want to call them yeah i don't see how that's going to get more people into the grounds when you've you know, if if you live in Leicester, you know that Leicestershire have got a cricket team. You know their twenty twenty team is is the Leicester Foxes, and you can go and watch it on a Friday night if yeah, you want. I think so. Yeah. Why, why isn't the money that has been spent promoting the hundred been divvied up to counties that are struggling and said, "Here you go, Leicester or Northampton or whoever, um, spend this on your marketing, buy some radio yeah. adverts, buy some billboards." You know, jazz yeah, it up and get people because, in the ground. Yeah, in the long term, obviously, you don't want counties relying on, you know, handouts, you know, sort of effectively, I suppose, free money from the ECB. Um, you want them to become self-sufficient. Um, but the 100 is, I'm not sure, I, the 100, I assume, you know, because obviously every county is involved in a 100 team. I assume each 100 team, um, well, each 100, the, the, the money earned by each 100 team will be sort of divided between the counties um, but again I'm presuming it'll be more for the counties that are hosting matches um, that's a good so question I'm Dan I'm not sure was, I'm not sure whether it I goes into a, I'm not um, sure whether it all goes into a big pot and then it's kind of divvied up sort of in the in the same way yeah. that the TV money gets gets given out um, that might be it um, yeah I'm not an expert on this the money side of things is I, yeah I'm not I don't really no, I, I've, I've avoided looking into yeah. the uh, the intricacies of it because um, it just uh, just uh, oh, it just baffles me why, why it's even going on and the idea yeah, that you, you're going to get more people into grounds by making less teams so your nearest hundred franchises well, further that's away we've always, yeah that's what I've always said about the idea of going you know, even before the hundred when when the talk was just a T20 franchise team, I've always thought that you're by how I, I've never quite understood fully why having less teams will, will be will be will attract more people to games. And obviously, it, we've got to we've got to obviously remember that it's not just about people going to games. It is partly about watching on TV. But I've never fully understood why having less teams is going to attract more people. Um, I suppose there's all you know if there's going to be more you know Rasmus has around it. Um, if it's going to be better advertised. I mean, obviously, free to air games. Um, there's going to be like, eight or so mm. games on the BBC, I think. Um, that annoys me as well. Why can't why couldn't they just divvy up the the blast games? Why couldn't they, you know, put because they have all the different packages for the for the football Premier League games? Why couldn't they divvy up a a package of of 2020 games for the BBC? Why couldn't they do that? Not share, sure. Share I mean, finals day coverage. It's yeah, maybe the BBC don't want that. Maybe they want maybe maybe they don't see county, county cricket as attractive enough. I don't know, but. You know, if if these hundred games end up that are on the BBC end up with low crowds, regardless of TV numbers, mm-hmm. if they have lower crowds than a blast game, then surely there's a big aim of the hundred that's that's failed. Mm-hmm. If um, if they do end up with poor crowds on the BBC, I mean, it is a good thing, obviously, the cricket on the BBC, um, and obviously there's a couple of T20s, T20 internationals coming up. Mm, but, I think Fridays is on. Yeah, isn't it, in an ideal world, you you'd use the existing county system and not alienate other supporters. Um, and try and put some of them on TV. And also, I would, um, as a compromise, I've always said that you could put the blast into two divisions. You know, one above the other, promotion and relegation. 
then you get that sort of Premier League style, you mm. know, Division One, um, and then you could sort of focus the TV coverage on that. Um, but yeah, sadly they didn't didn't go for that compromise, even though it was on the table at one point. Yeah, it it just to me it, it's it's a solution to a it's the wrong solution to the problem. I think. Um, mm. I mean, I don't know if you subscribe to the emails, but um, you know, before all the coronavirus hit, virtually every maybe three or four days, I was getting an email from the ECB uh, um, saying, "Isn't the hundred magnificent? You're going to go and watch the hundred. Isn't the hundred great?" Yeah. No emails of. Do you know what's brilliant? going to county cricket on a sunny day with a four pack of cider in your bag with your mates and yeah. you're sitting back and talking shit for a day watching Somerset yeah, it might have needed to be it, it was... might need to be put in slightly more marketing friendly language than that but <laughs> I think we don't certainly the ECB don't do enough to extol the the pleasures of going to watch county cricket yeah they leave it to the counties themselves I think to market games I think that's always been their philosophy for some reason but I mean, I don't know what, what the reason for that is, but it, it just seems like a no-brainer to me that the English cricket boards should be promoting, you know, the top level of domestic cricket in the country. Because um, obviously, you know, at Somerset, we don't have a problem. You know, we get big crowds, you know, for T20, we get sellouts. Um, in other formats, we get good crowds as mm-hmm. well. But, you know, the issues are obviously teams like Leicestershire and Derbyshire who don't get good crowds for T20. Um it seems odd to take the T20, you know, the, the main mm. short form competition away from those grounds. I mean, obviously the blast will still continue, but to then just remove the, you know, the, the main competition from the smaller grounds yeah. seems an odd way of, of mm. sort of getting the people from those sorts of grounds interested. Although, yeah, I mean, I go back to what I was sort of saying earlier about the, the, the hundred grand marketing budget. I think it probably just wouldn't be a handout. It might also be, I don't know some guidance, some some best practice from from clubs who who have got it working. Don't want to mm. you know uh, sound our trumpet uh, too too uh, too much, but our social media is fantastic. We won awards for it. Yep. Uh, the communication from the club is is always really good. Um, so yeah, why not just say to sort of some counties who are struggling, go and have a look at Somerset. Pop down there for a, pop down there for a few days. See see what they're doing right, and and kind of build on that. And the ECB will support you financially if you you know. If you need to hire yeah. a new marketing person for a couple of years, you know, here's you know, here's some money towards that. Um, I just think we're, we're kind of looking at it, trying to solve the problem from the top rather than saying, okay, let, yeah. let's try and grow the bottom. Let's try and get, you know, let's try and get, uh, I, I hate saying, keep, <laughs> saying Northampton and Leicester. People think I've got, I've got a vendetta against them. I don't, honestly. Um, you know, County A, right, let's try and grow your membership base by 20% this year. What can we do to do that? And then I think yeah. from that, you'll get the crowds back into to county cricket if you can. Obviously, you know, it, it always helps when games are scheduled at a weekend, which is another thing I think this this Bob Willis Trophy has done really well. Um, oh, you know, yeah. The, yeah. You know, having everybody play at the same time and having two days on a weekend yeah. is, is brilliant. Um, yeah. You know, what it really wound me up at the end of last season when... Club cricket is finished at the end of August, first week of September, or whatever. The county championship season is is um, you know heading into a thrilling climax, and all the games are in the yeah. middle of the week. Absolutely yeah, ridiculous. I, I mean, they they even oh, had yeah. a, like a full county schedule on World Cup final day for God's sake last year. That's I know last year was a bit of a mess um, in terms of county championship scheduling. Um, I think that Somerset had four home days of county championship cricket, which is four mm. out of. 28 um which you know that's mm. obviously it's nowhere near enough and, and that's gonna that's, 
And that's not only going to have a knock-on effect right. to, to your attendance, it's also going to have a knock-on effect to your membership. Because if, if you look mm. at the fixture list, come you know January, February, membership renewal time, yeah. oh, I, I can only go to four days, I'm not going to bother being a member. But if, well, yeah, exactly. I think a lot of I think members did did say that. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, um, but the ECB did get it right this year. The, the season that the season that wasn't that um, did have quite a few county championship games scheduled. I think mm. particularly in May there was four or so. In yeah, the fixtures so this year were were, were really good. Year, I think. Yeah, they look really good yeah. for this year. But obviously they're they're up in smoke. But um, yeah, a lot of people that yeah. I sort of spoke to said yeah I'm going to get a membership this year because I can go yeah. I'm going a lot of weekends um, exactly it's common sense just yeah. the games when people Again, can watch them it's, uh, it's I, almost yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like the ECB have just got permanently got a gun aimed at their foot and they just keep pulling the trigger and they keep pulling the trigger yeah. um, and, and thinking they're doing a great job and also what got me one more thing to mention is mm. the World Cup last year was seven or eight weeks and they, they purposely made sure that the blast was taking place after the World Cup. The one-day cup finished before the World Cup. Mm -hmm. So they had seven or eight weeks of pure county championship cricket. And yet the majority of those games were weekdays. From memory, Somerset games, there was the, the one that was over a weekend started on a Saturday um, that was at Headingley. And that was the weekend of the World Cup final. It was, so yeah. Of all, of all the weekends you don't want a county championship weekend game, uh, mm -hmm. that that was the one you know all the six or six or so before that fine yeah yes. i think i remember yeah. ben warren tweeting out a picture of a, of a deserted press box at headingley on world cup final yeah. day um yeah absolutely absolutely incredible that 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 cricket um like i say manages to uh to shoot itself in the foot um as it so often does So, uh, Friday, uh, 20th of August will be um, is our first game in the Vitality Blast. That's away at uh, Birmingham. Hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll be able to catch that on a on a decent quality live stream. And I hope the uh, the outfield there at, uh, at Edgbaston has dried out uh, sufficiently um, <laughs> since good. last Monday. Dan, is there anything else you want to uh, bring to the table before we wrap this up? Um, well, I just mentioned that with the Blast coming up, um, it's a good... Yeah, I'm looking at the Blast, a good chance to play some different teams in T20 cricket. We've not played Warwickshire, Worcestershire, North fans since 2013 in that format, so um, that'll be good. Mm -hmm. It makes a change from um, you know the, the sort of the southeast teams, uh, but obviously it's good we still play Gloucestershire. Um, oh, do you know what I've just realised to my shame? It's the same six sides, uh, same five sides that we play in the Bob Willis Trophy, isn't it? All to do with oh, coronavirus. Yeah, it's all to do with yeah. coronavirus. I've only just realised that. Hanging my head in shame, listeners. I do apologise. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. That'd be good. Um, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. Hopefully, we can do a do a double uh, uh, with the uh, Vitality Blast and the Bob Willis Trophy, weather permitting, as we uh, we seem to have uh, already already started autumn. Um, Dan, it's yeah. been a pleasure having you on. Uh, you can follow Dan at uh, was it Thanks D Kingdom ninety? Do you want to give you Twitter and a half? Dan like? Kingdom ninety six. Dan Kingdom ninety six at uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can follow uh, Brightside Life on Twitter at Somerset Podcast. We're also facebook.com slash Somerset Podcast, and you can email us at the Somerset Podcast at gmail.com. But for Dan Kingdom, I'm Ian Shepherd, and thank you very much for listening. <laughs>